0: BDSM and non-standard relationships, star exchange and polyamory, sacred sexuality and fetishes, as, as, well, as well as simply, simply fun, fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at
1: eroticwakeningpodcast.com. This is Great Answer coming to you from Winter Wickedness in Columbus, Ohio, or near it anyway. It's the 10th anniversary here, and if you've been listening to the last few podcasts, you'll notice that the last month uh, I seem to have been in Ohio at Winter Wickedness. Uh, I am not actually at a month long event. Oh my god, that sounds both terrifying and wonderful. Uh, Instead, uh, I just had a lot of opportunities to meet a lot of neat people, and some of them, I'm going to say i interviewed all the neat people, I can't get that good. But uh, some of them have agreed to let me even climb into their beds and early morning, pre-caffeinated, and uh, do podcasts. And that's where this one's coming from. Uh, But before we introduce our wonderful guest, let me just give some thanks to my patrons for this podcast. Uh, Twisted View, uh, Russ is one of the members of um, the AIS staff here. So he works his butt off here. But when he's not here working his butt off, He is at home both running the rope bite and taking lots of neat pictures, working for a living as well, and he also makes rope on the side. And uh, I got to use some of his reinforced jute, which has like a 500-pound test line woven in with the jute fibers. I'm happy to say uh, when I first get it, it's very stiff, as you might expect from something that is reinforced, Um, and it makes it a little bit hard to work with. But after I did a couple of suspensions in it, it loosened right up and... I'm really enjoying it, and it's a staple of the rope bag. And hopefully, last week, uh, when Ropecraft happened, you got a chance to try it out if you were there. And if you weren't, hopefully you'll come to the next Ropecraft in L.A., Memorial Day weekend. So, um, hope to see you all there. You can always find out more about that at ropecraft.net. And you can find out more about Twisted View Ropes at rope.twistedview.net. And our other sponsor is a neat, neat idea um, person. Idea person. Yeah, pre like I said, uh, from Minneapolis, uh, Karma Rope. KarmaRope.com is the place to go. And um, unlike the, you know, the hand-treated and hand-done, this is uh, hand-unspooled and put into a bag for you. <laughs> um, but it is really good quality uh, hemp and jute. And the neat thing about it is that it's pay-what-you-can model. Um, so they'll tell you how much it costs. It's around 6 bucks for them. But you can decide, hey, I can't afford six bucks. I can only afford a dollar per hank of rope. And that's how you, they'll still ship it to you. Um, you can uh, also pay more. Like say, hey, you know what? I, I can pay ten bucks per hank. And they take the profits and they fold it back into the company, uh, which has a full-time employee. Hey, there's somebody else. I think that maybe the second uh, company that I know of to have a full-time employee for rope. Um, uh, Twisted Monk, of course, being the first. But... Yeah, so if you want to just try out this organic rope stuff, KarmaRope.com is a safe way to get good quality rope that's not treated with anything. So you don't know, forget reacting with your skin unless you have like grass allergies or something, In which case, you shouldn't use organic rope anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, check them out and say thank you for helping to sponsor the RopeCast because I couldn't do it without them. Um, now, let's talk to our wonderful, wonderful guest here. Um, I think I met you for the first time at Tease, maybe. Was that no, the first time? That wasn't the, the first time.
0: The second Toronto grew.
1: The second Toronto that's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot my own group. <laughs> um, yeah, so the second Toronto grew, uh, and uh, you like, like all Canadians, I love you dearly because you're just so awesome, and I'm, I'm very envious of the fact that you have a country that is more sane <laughs> and doesn't have to say things like, please clap during the debates. Do do your politicians have debates? We
0: do. We do. We have them uh, less frequently Uh, than your politicians. And um, there's only Hmm. like the main parties. There's not like first the Republican (laughs) and then the primary. There's only the
1: main parties for us too. No
0: one televises all of those debates.
1: (laughs) Well anyway, Heather Elizabeth, thank you for coming on the Ropecast.
0: Thanks Uh, for having me. uh,
1: And uh, tell us about yourself. What kind of uh, things do you teach and do
0: Oh my gosh, Um, so I am a sexuality educator and agitator.
1: Um, Agitator, like um,
0: right? I have very strong opinions based on my feelings, yes. and I think other people should share them as well. I'm pretty unapologetic about that at this point. <laughs> uh, luckily, they're well considered opinions. So usually, I'm not just I was shooting say, them opinions off.
1: based on facts are usually more.
0: <laughs> you know. um, what else? Yeah, so I teach uh, in the kink world. I teach a lot on communication styles and knowing your desire. I think oh,
1: that's an important thing. Yeah,
0: I think what makes really good kink um is giving yourself permission to explore
1: mm-hmm. right
0: because what I love what I love 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 about BDSM and kink and fetishism is it's kind of like frontierism with regards to sexuality right oh, okay. if you've made it out here you've made it past the how you should be fucking who you should be loving all that kind of whether we need the lights
1: on or not yeah. mm-hmm.
0: exactly and so I just I think there's so much freedom to explore and play and it has to I think come from a place of personal desire um so I teach classes on getting in touch with yourself and then how to communicate that to your partner so you can have fun and effective scenes neat um I've been down this weekend teaching uh service a workshop in what fuck and, service, and what the fucking why service what
1: the fucking why yeah yay.
0: and uh, and also pain processing gotcha and it is processing by the way not processing
1: oh of course it's
0: pro <laughs>
1: I, I don't know what I was thinking about um uh, <laughs> the uh it's interesting the um it's kind of been a shift over the past few years in in the rope world Mm -hmm. of the realization by many of the educators that um there was so much focus on the knots and the technique and stuff like that that we were missing out on the Mm
0: -hmm.
1: on the the desire part of it you know Mm -hmm. the connecting to that and it was leaving a lot of people cold um, when they would, you know, they sort of drop out of rope on it. She's like, well, you know, I don't like those knots kinds of things. And so we're going back to the, hey, rope, body, cool, you mm-hmm. know, and that's uh, that's starting to be a shift back to the getting back in touch with desire. So, um, and I say that not as, as a not too uh, um, subtle plug of saying, hey, you know, if you are a rope group and you are looking for a, a new and interesting presenter, I highly recommend Heather Elizabeth. Um <laughs> Because uh, she is a joy, both in the classroom and out. Um, just you're a fun person to hang out with, Thanks. and you work awesome t-shirts. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so
0: I feel like I feel like the caveat needs to be that I am not a rope person.
1: Oh yeah, I know. And so
0: I okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm like, saying I would need to translate. You people who
1: are saying, <laughs> "Well, why is he talking to her? He's not a rope. Or she's not a rope person." The answer is. Rope is also about desire. She teaches about getting in touch with your desire. That means it would be a good thing to have her at your event, okay? It would not be, uh, <laughs> hey, it wouldn't be like, well, you don't do rope. Well, yes, she does do uh, rope about desire. I mean, if somebody came to you and says, I'm not sure how to, how to get in touch with my desire about rope, would you be able to have some yeah, opinions on that? Yeah, I'd be like, that? listen, let's yeah, make a mind map. <laughs> exactly. So there we go. There's And as far as I know, I've never seen a mind map of rope oh my- desire. So so fun. There we go. I that's
0: have a class called, I don't know, what do you want to do? And- <laughs> that's, a,
1: that, that would, that's a rope class. That is definitely <laughs> a rope class. Raise your hand in the podcast if you've ever been in a situation where you're like, hey, what do you want to do? And the person said, I don't know, what do you want to do?
0: Right? <laughs> I think more people should be playing and fucking and doing all the things that they want to do. And it sucks oh. when you have desire, but you don't know how to find common ground with another person.
1: So, pop question. Yeah. Um, if somebody says, I don't know. What do you want to do? Should your answer be A, the thing that you really want to do, but you're not sure that they will like or not, or mm-hmm. B, the thing that you're pretty sure they will like and you kind of want to do it?
0: Uh, I think we need to know more than that because they a dichotomy. Might Come on. Be... This no, is America. No. One or the other. Canadians, multiple <laughs> sides, also Libra, scales and everything. So, why do you want to play with them, right? Is it that you want to have this particular experience with a person because you feel like what's most important between you two is the chemistry? Mm-hmm. Because I'm a person who loves to play based on um, based on chemistry and based on that connection. And I figure if you and I smell good to each other, we can find something that right. I'm going to be into, even if it's not my favorite kink activity. If you're mm-hmm. a person that I'm like ho-hum about, but I'm really into the kink activity we're doing, then that's going to replace some of my passion and some of my, the spark that I would hope to have with my partner. And I don't mean to, I hope I, I don't sound like I'm... I don't know, degrading people who aren't super into their partners? Because I think we can choose to connect with people for all sorts of reasons. I mean, yeah, you can
1: choose. I mean, I think Leah was uh, talking in the last podcast about, you know, when, when they're doing a scene, people are in a relationship, even mm-hmm, if it's only mm-hmm, a relationship mm-hmm. the last 30 minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it's it's some kind. Relationship is defined as interacting with each other. That, mm-hmm. that is the base definition of mm-hmm. that. So,
0: But, you know, so I do think that no matter what you get into with your partner, you should be upfront about why you're playing with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And if it's if it's an A or B, like, let it be known that, no, mm-hmm. I'm really into this activity. And, it, and if we don't let let's say whips, if we don't do whips, I'm not into playing with you <laughs> because what I really want in is this whips. moment is whips right. um, or saying, like, listen, I'm really into you. <laughs> so I don't really care what we do right now as long as we get to spend time together.
1: I, I had a partner who uh, was I thought was into leather boot blacking with me. Mm hmm. What developed uh, over the time of their relationship was that she was more into the leather boot blacking. I didn't have to be <laughs> in the leathers or not. In fact, at one point she just kind of took the leathers, went into the bathroom, they had an intimate scene together, and they came out looking great. But yeah, that was kind of the, uh, huh, okay. Yeah. I guess <laughs> Sorry, I'm, buddy. I guess <laughs> it wasn't bad. I mean, I had, I had good leathers. Just I had to adjust my expectations mm-hmm. in that day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I, I didn't take it personally um, much. <laughs> Um, so, uh, part of the reason why, uh, you're, and I don't, we can talk, I could, we could definitely spend the whole talk as talking just about you and your work. Mm. It'd be fascinating. Um, but I was just put out there that part of the reason why we definitely wanted to have this discussion is because, um, we got into a discussion on Twitter about, um, consent issues Mm -hmm. and things like that. And, um, and of course, like any, you know, good Twitter conversation, we tore each other apart and we're going <laughs> bad things and ad hominem. No, we didn't do any of that stuff. It was actually, it was really pleasant because I will tell you, I was sort of a feared for my life because I was talking with you and I was talking with Hedwig.
0: Right. And both She's of you are, are
1: much smarter and well-educated well than I am. Um, and so I was like, oh um, <laughs> There, there's a battle of wits with an unarmed person going on here and oh. I'm the one with nothing in my hands. Um, but at the same time, it was, it was trying to understand, uh, perspectives and, uh, and it, you, you, you both did it. I think, I think we all did a good job of
0: mm-hmm.
1: maintaining the fact that we could have a discussion, even maintaining having disagreements and still, uh, not attach the disagreements to the core identities mm-hmm. and our relationship mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. each other. Um, so, uh, and
0: I super appreciate that you and I like checked in via DM after yes, the discussion and that's yes. not the first time we've done that either, it's right? true. That's true. Over things that we had come from opposite sides on, yep. we have like yep. a tiny internet fight and yeah. then we're like, Hey, do you still like me? <laughs> so yes, are we exactly.
1: Good? <laughs> exactly. And, and I'll, and I'll be honest, you know, I'll, I'll give a, a preface here in that, um, uh, the, uh, I, I did, I did do further research after the, and, um, unfortunately, you know, I, unfortunately for our uh, discussion, I mean, fortunately, I find that, that the further research actually reinforced my opinions okay. <laughs> the way they were as opposed to it, which, and and since it's the research that you recommend that I do, mm-hmm. obviously you come in from a different perspective. So it's going to be an interesting discussion here, um, but we're going to uh, keep it uh, happy and, and i mean, not happy, but we're at least going to keep it um, respectful. And we're going to, part of what we're going to try and do here is model the fact that this discussion about consent can get very emotional, can get very intense and yet can still be done constructively. Mm -hmm. That's that's my goal for the podcast. Now, of course, with the podcast, if we end up, you know, if, if if you end up having to tear us apart because we're, you know, fighting in the room, then it'll probably be the most downloaded podcast ever. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry Springer version. Um, but so as it is, so, um, Let's solve consent.
0: Oh yeah, two of us in bed before coffee. That's gonna go yeah. so well. <laughs>
1: um, so uh, where the, I think I'll, I'll I'll start. If you want, do, you have a place, particular place you want to start in terms of the discussion, or I was going to start with like a very tiny part and just see if we can work from there. Okay. Okay.
0: I am really interested in some point because what we didn't get to discuss on Twitter was the um, what's the. What's our individual roles in consent, like as educators, as organizers, as community? No, let's members. talk about that.
1: That sounds fantastic. Oh, okay, much better well. than, than talking about yeah. So yeah, please let's let's talk about this. So, what is what should and, our role be?
0: Well, so this is this is a thing that I've been you know deeply considering with uh, the different ways that I show up in the kink community, um, because in my local community I help coordinate the TNG. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I also help run a discussion group for people who live and play on the bottom side of the spectrum. I teach my own workshops, um, and then I speak at universities and colleges and for student organizations sometimes about consent, about desire, about kink, um, and JP, and I have gone out a couple Mm -hmm. times to do this really complex conversations on consent, Um, and that one in particular is so interesting because we give people no solutions, right? I'm so happy about (laughs)
1: that. I am really happy about that.
0: We're just like, here's how complicated you think consent is. Let us show you how it is 100% more complicated Um, Give you some language to talk about it with your partners and then Try and do the best you can and figure out how you're going to treat each other as humans when you have a disagreement Um, and when someone's hurting how you're going to support the person who's hurting regardless of of What actually happened if -hmm. that makes sense and I know that's really hard for people to sit in sometimes Um, I can think of a situation where I once I initiated sex I kept it going, even though I could feel myself disassociating, I felt super assaulted and traumatized at the end of it. And my poor partner was just like, what I, you, I don't under, you started all of this and now you're in a corner rocking and being like, don't touch me. And so I was struggling with trauma and feeling super violated they were struggling with um, having upset, like me hurting, right? Also yeah. feeling shame and also feeling, I'm sure, what have guilt. I done? Yeah, right, and they, they didn't. I did it all. Well, no, there were things that triggered it, but like I did a chunk of it and, and then life did some of it. Right. Right? And so instead of trying to blame or defend, which can be our, our default in these moments, um, we as, as partners in this relationship, we're like, how do I support the person that's hurting? Mm-hmm. Right. And I came from that place um, as much as I could in a state of like a very activated. Oh, that's the hardest
1: part, is trying right? to yeah, act rationally when you're in the irrational feelings.
0: Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for me, the best thing I can do is kind of just be like, I'm super irrational right now. What do you need to not take me seriously? <laughs> what do you need in this moment so that I can just freak out and mm-hmm. and uh, and rendezvous with you in like 20 minutes when I'm done being activated over this? Right. Um, So that's, yeah, so that's one thing, right? With the people we're in a relationship with. What is our, not even necessarily around, I mean, consent is almost the easy part. Make sure the people are doing the thing that you want to do with them and that everyone's buying in.
1: Yeah. Unless you previously
0: negotiated otherwise.
1: Which is a form of buy-in, you know. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah. uh, I'm buying into the idea that I'm, the moment I'm going to, actually, I had something like that happen last night with the uh, person I was playing with. And it was, it was edge play for me because I haven't played with this very often. She, and normally when it's playing with somebody I don't play with very often, I'm like, you know, we're not going to use a safe word. We're going to use our words. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be things. She's like, yeah, I'll, I'll say stop if I need you to stop. And I'm like, okay, stop means stop. Good. Mm-hmm. And she says, yeah, but if I say no, it might not necessarily mean no. And I'm like, well, Oh, that's hard. And, and she's like, well, you know, if I say stop, I definitely mean that, that stop. It's like stop was the safe word, but she wanted to be able to say no Mm -hmm. And that was edgy for me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can. um, Okay, we'll try it. And this is a person who I was, you know, not I wouldn't play with somebody who I didn't respect, but who I I respect her abilities to be self-aware. And I I know of um, other people that play with her and things like that. So I I had an idea that this is someone who I think um, I I will take the chance that this is someone who can actually. And it was a risk. And um, it was a great scene. But, yeah, just the fact that, you know, the fact that she wanted to be able to say no and not have it mean no was, ah, for right. me.
0: Right. Well, especially <clears> when you've decided <throat> that you're going to use communication as your yeah, default. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think self-awareness is the strongest weapon we have in the, the fight or whatever. Like, not to sound why too why dramatic about it. Why do Canadians have
1: to put everything in a dramatic <laughs> thing. Why can't it just be a tool? Why can't okay. it be a tool to create consent?
0: Well, <laughs> i just but I, I think sometimes we have this mistaken attitude that consent is. And I know we all know that consent is the ongoing buy and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Yet, yeah, I don't know about other people, but I'm like, okay, consent, check. It is now on the trophy mantle of other things I have accomplished, like <laughs> being an adult yeah, and uh, achieving self-care. <laughs> <laughs> right, these are okay. things that I really desperately want to have on a mantelpiece, so I don't have to
1: do them anymore. Them. Yes. Them it's like Okay, right? <laughs> okay. Now I'm tired. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's I, 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 don't like the term. I, I, tend to avoid the whole giving consent. Um, and I will, I will say I will never actually do this because this is I, I, had this idea and it was funny before I became more aware of all the consent issues that are in the community. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get a T-shirt that says, "If I want your consent, I'll take it from you." Oh. So it was like it's the most (laughs) horrible t-shirt ever um and obviously would never never wear that in a public space Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah this idea that you know here here's my little consent box i'm gonna give it to you now Mm -hmm. okay and and then therefore you have it and now Mm -hmm. i've given it and that's we're done and that doesn't work that way to me it's you have it's something that has to be created at all like a conversation Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. you know
1: hey let's have a conversation here you go you know that doesn't work that way
0: i think well and i think I've been doing some experimenting with ways that I can do that. Do you see my chew toy shirt? Yes. Yeah. So that was I my... I didn't read
1: the back of it though.
0: It so. has. A, it has six steps of like what I need from you if you want to make me a chew toy and kind of a drive by like if I'm wearing the shirt... I'm up for people gnawing on me. I mean, I'm always up for people nomming on me, probably, but most of the time you have to ask.
1: Okay. Whereas this one, like,
0: as long as I know you've read the back and there are specific things on the back, like make some kind of eye contact because I'm jumpy and likely to, like, smack you if you catch me unaware. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, there are six steps outlining what I – like, I sat down and thought about it. I'm like, if I'm going to do – random, casual, play with strangers, how do I create a safe container for myself?
1: This is like Cunning Minx's idea of a user manual, mm. but it's a user manual that's on your t-shirt.
0: Yeah, it's six bullet points that, that are
1: like nice. 10
0: words wow. long sentences.
1: Wow. And you should have like a little end user agreement at the bottom, you know. Really
0: <laughs> well, the very last point is um the toy does not want your aftercare, <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like it's is good buying. <laughs> does
1: not want your aftercare. All right, that's yeah. that's clear.
0: Yeah. Nice. So and so that to me speaks to my responsibility as a kink community member with regards to consent. Okay. How can I um, know myself and front load as much information as possible so that people need things? And I, you know, I've been finding, Gray, the more um, the more I show up and provide people with information, the more really interesting things they do with it. So I had a scene last night. Um, and completely forgot how much biting spaces me out, especially if I'm playing with someone who gets primal and growly and like there's a lot of animalistic energy. So, usually I trust my brain to work relatively well. I mean, to be clear on what I'm into and what I'm not into. But because of how quickly I dropped into this space, um, I was just like, no, I can't. I can no longer make rational decisions, right? And this is not how I do on the fly negotiation. Um, so, I said to my partner, I'm like, listen. I'm dropping into a nonverbal headspace. Um, I really like what's happening, but I'm going to wake up sad tomorrow if the pain level increases more than what we're already playing at, because I oh, don't want to wake up with new physical damage that, like, I, I didn't, oh, people won't see my air quotes, but I didn't like agree to because I couldn't, I couldn't um, cognizantly agree to the ramp up with right, my right. headspace gone, like right. going nonverbal, right? Um, and I said that also, I don't know how I'll feel about penetration, so I need to keep that off the table. Because there are lots of times, and usually, like, to date, I have never regretted, even mid-scene, being like, no, 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 you should have your fingers in my cunt. (laughs) That should be happening right now. I've never regretted that. I have woken up with regret around oral um, or more PIV or AIV, like, more traditional, sexy Uh stuff, right? Um, So I just wanted to, like, give the person information about where I was at and then see if they still wanted to play in that state. AIV? Uh, No, you're right. That doesn't you meant make PIA, sense. Right? PIA, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Sorry. It was like I was totally following you, and then my brain was like, like, "No, you're
0: talking shit." Wait Hunter. a minute.
1: I mean, I spoke.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: PIA. Um, gotcha. So yeah. Um, so when you have those those feelings of regret, how do you process them?
0: Mm. And
1: and how do you? Uh, two questions. One, how do you process them internally? And two, how do you? or do you, discuss them with the person who was involved?
0: mm mm-hmm. um, Oh, wait, can I finish up that story? Yeah, sorry. Okay, ahead. because it's important. Because we'll so when to I question. told them this, what they did with it was then turn into some really, like, fucking sexy, dirty talk about how they were going to respect my limits and all the things <laughs> they weren't going to do to me because nice. they care about consent. And I was just like... It made me so happy, right? Because we got to acknowledge our desire. We got to acknowledge the things that, like, we were mm-hmm. both really into and wanting with each other. And we did it in a way that I wake up feeling really good about this person. And I'm definitely <laughs> looking forward to doing all the things they, like, whispered in my ear while biting me last night.
1: Gotcha. Right? And yeah. so this is what
0: I mean about when you invite people in and when you give them opportunity, they come up with some really creative ways to do stuff and just have uh, a good time.
1: Nice. Right. Yeah. I'd say it, but that reminds me, that to me, that sounds a lot like the the Robin Thicke song that got so much bad press of, I know you want it, I know you know want these things. Because mm-hmm. the whole song is about all those things. And, and people were tearing it apart because it was all, they said it was, you know, rapey, you know, you're not listening to the person. But the thing is, if you actually look at the lyrics, if you actually read the lyrics, there is an entire section that is all about, I'm wanting to do all these things, but I'm going to wait until you tell me it's okay. I mean, it explicitly says that in the song. And I'm like, out of all the songs that you can tear apart about being too, you know, suggestive and stuff like that, people tear apart the song that explicitly says, I'm going to wait for permission and make sure it's okay with you because I don't want to do this without your permission. It explicitly says, yes, if you actually read the lyrics, it actually has that section in there. Um, And I read that. I'm like, why? So anyway, that's just
0: what I remember from that song was like about giving the person lots of drugs and drinks. And I was like, "Whoa, well, that's not good." But I will check into this because uh, there's yeah. also there's a Nate Dogg song too that explicitly like Eminem and Nate Dogg shake that explicitly references consent. Right, knows that she can, but she won't say no. I'm right. just like, yes, and,
1: and and you know what you know what the most non consensual song to me is hmm. um, the uh, song from Dream Girls, and I am telling you. <laughs> I ain't leaving, you know, and I, you know, you're going to love me. And you know? he's like, I mean, this, I'm like, oh my God, you know, I it's totally romantic <laughs> if you're actually in love with a person, but if not, it's a stalker song. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, anyway, yeah. we're getting off subject. So um, yeah, regret. So, so yeah regret. that was that an awesome way to, uh, to, to work that, that in there, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. totally respect your limits and here's what I'm not going to do to you. Mm-hmm. And like, that, that's neat.
0: Mm-hmm. I, like that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and then that way we got to like, we got to acknowledge it. I don't, think there's any regret about the things we didn't do right Mm -hmm. and I, I in my teaching and in my life I often caution people to go from low risk to high risk right because the level we're playing at in kink our high risk is really really high risk yes it is if I touch your shoulder and you don't want me to touch your shoulder like I've bristled you I might have like offended you a little bit but no one's gonna call the police on me right if I one would hope one would hope it's yet to happen here, here, here's in my life. thing. And that, it could. You're right.
1: Uh, go ahead. Finish your, your statement. Well,
0: but so if I, you know, if the risk I decide to take is I'm like, I'm pretty sure this person wants me in their body. Like, I'm pretty sure they want my fingers in their ass. I'm just going to do that. And they don't. Like, the mistake you made there was sexual assault. Right? Yes. And if someone doesn't want you to smack them, the, the mistake you're making is assault and battery. So, and I'm, I might've just used the wrong, it might be just assault. So I'm sorry if any legal mm-hmm. people are listening and you get a flood of mail being like, Heather's talking shit again. Well, but I, I hope you take my point.
1: It's, yeah. Well, and I mean, we, there is a, there is a variation of, you know, if so, if you kill someone, there are variations between, uh, you know, murder one, murder two. I don't, I don't want to say what they are, but then there's also negligent homicide and there's a difference between manslaughter and murder mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. Um, the gradations, um, And that's kind of uh, just what you said about, you know, if you touch you on the shoulder, I'm not going to do that. This is one of my problems with uh, some of the current dialogue around consent violations Mm -hmm. is that that word consent violation gets tossed around for such a huge Mm -hmm. spectrum of things that it loses meaning. There are people who have said touching me on the shoulder is a consent violation.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, you know, I was in a public space. I was uh, close to you. I had seen you touching other people on the shoulder. But when you touched me on the shoulder, even though I didn't give you any indication that you could do that, it is a consent violation as opposed to a misunderstanding or something like that. And I I kind of feel like it's – so I call you up uh, on the phone, okay, um, two hours from now. Mm -hmm. And I say, Heather, I've been in a car accident. Mm -hmm. Where does your brain go? What do you think of? I mean, what do you you imagine that looks like? I was in a car accident.
0: I think I would ask if you were okay. Right. Right. Is my
1: concern? And and probably, especially if, you know, if I told you, by the way, I'm going to be driving home over icy roads um, Mm -hmm. in this uh, dangerous environment. Um, I'm a pretty good driver, but, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of rough. And I say, I was in a car accident.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's like, oh, my God, are you okay? Yeah. Oh, my God, are you okay? (laughs) And then I say, oh, yeah, I was just backing the car out and I bumped a fender. You know, and you're like, oh, Jesus!" Why, you the know how do you it? scare me? Because on the other hand, car accident could mean the car ran over, my partner is dead, three mm-hmm. other people in the other vehicle were, you know, it, it could be all kinds of things. Um, and the problem is, is that I'm lumping all that into that one word, car accident, mm-hmm. and that's my problem. That's what we That's what I feel like we are doing with consent violation. So because you know, I it, it's the difference difference between saying car accident. And, and uh, uh, or consent violation versus what I've been calling consent incident mm. is the difference between me saying, hey, I was in a car accident, and me saying, hey, something happened in the car.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? Because that something happened in the car, that leaves it open. You don't immediately jump to, oh my God, this is terrible. Um, and that, so that's kind of the, uh, that that's my own, one, one of the reasons why I've been sort of, I personally use the terminology of consent incident as opposed to consent violation, mm-hmm. because and, and it is not to say that the person does not, was not violated. But mm-hmm. as you were just saying, it is entirely possible for something to happen, for one person to feel that they were violated, totally valid, and the other person not to have been a violator. Um, you know, uh, certainly not intentionally. Not
0: intentionally. So, sure. and I think... And,
1: and, that, and that, so that, that's why I feel like the language needs to mm-hmm. be more complex. We, we do. We need more language
0: and more ways to talk about this. And I'm right. I'm... I feel so frustrated with myself that I'm having – I'm having a brain fart because I was in Rochester um, last year, two years ago, and we Mm -hmm. had a really good discussion about consent. And there was a a lawyer in the crowd, and I talked about how, like, like a technical violation in sports happens all the time, right? Like, people Mm -hmm. are violating the rules all the time in really small ways. And she mentioned something that happens – oh, a breach – a breach. The word ah. she used was breach. And she's like, a consent breach. And this happens all the time in contract law. Sometimes we decide it's a big deal. Sometimes we decide it's not a big deal. Like, But we still always acknowledge the thing happened. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's helpful to talk about in a way because... I don't think it's helpful to tell anyone what their experience should be around not. consent, yes. right? So acknowledge, and because sometimes people will do really fucked up things, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've been having sex with people, consensual sex, and then there's a finger in my butt, and I'm like, okay, we need to talk because you're kind of assaulting me right now. I'm not okay with this. I don't consent to this. I don't want the sex to stop, but I really mm-hmm. need you to stop assaulting me. right? And it's such, to me, like, not worth Um, my emotional hassle of getting upset about it, which actually I think speaks to the very, very sad state of society, right? Then I'm just like, Hey, I'm super violated right now by you, but I don't want to make a deal out of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. But I really want it acknowledged. And I've had a hard time explaining to people sometimes why it's important to me that they acknowledge what they did was not okay, even though I'm not emotionally upset about it because I need them to understand that their behavior was entitled or presumptive or didn't take Right. my concern and well-being in that,
1: that perhaps they need to adjust their um parameters of what is acceptable mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. um and that's not an attack on somebody come on who's perfect out there exactly you know it, it's like uh it, if it, if only it were as easy as you know if i see somebody tying a particular bondage harness and i'm like oh you know what that part you did there you need to do that this way because mm-hmm. it'll work better. Mm-hmm. And they go, "Oh, okay, thanks for letting me know that." I mean, that's the way the conversation should go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, "Hey, you know that part where you did that thing to me and you stuck your finger in my butt? That's something where I really need to know beforehand." Yeah, that doesn't work. And the person can be like, oh, "Okay," as opposed to be like, "Well, you you were putting your butt up in the air. What was I supposed to do? I mean, you were asking for that kind of thing." Yeah, you know, I know you want it, or something <laughs> like that. And they can yeah. be like, "Well, you know what? Sometimes I do, but." I like to be asked first mm-hmm. and that, mm-hmm. that it should be as easy as that. And there's so much mm-hmm. feelings. So many of the feels.
0: And then there's, there was a really interesting discussion last week. I don't know if you caught it. I was happening in Baltimore. Um, Andy, I Andy eyeballs on Twitter, I think mm-hmm. is their handle, but it's, it's, oh it's Yandy on Fet Life was leading the discussion. Same person who ran Amorous Revolt okay. or, or was part of running Amorous Revolt last summer. Um, they were really talking about how do we help people feel safe and what do people need from us to feel safe. And so when we go to someone who has been put in a position where they feel unsafe, the question is like, what do you need from the community? What support do you need? What support do you need to feel safe? And if that's a different question than like, what do you need to feel justice what do you need to feel revenge? Mm-hmm. Um, because the model and... Ooh,
1: what do you need to feel revenge? Oh, that's, that's scary. But
0: that's a thing. And that's what a yeah. lot of people want, right? Because they feel violated, they feel violated. I want hurting. you to feel the
1: way that I feel. Exactly. They, you know what? So here's the thing. I mean, I don't think any of the people that would do that would go up to somebody who was not involved in the situation and they would say you know, Hey, you know what? I don't know you, but I want you to feel this. I want you to feel this horrible violation. I don't think they would. I don't think that's motivation, but I think that the reason why they say, I want you to feel what I feel. It's because what they're, what they're really saying is you don't understand Mm -hmm. how I feel. Mm -hmm. And so the only way I can think of that you might is if you would feel that too, Mm -hmm. which unfortunately is not, would never work because you can do the exact same thing to a different person and they'll have a different experience. Mm -hmm. Maybe worse, maybe better. Um,
0: well, and the but, saying goes, an eye for an eye leaves us all blind. Right, right.
1: right. Um, I'm I'm glad. I, I need to find that discussion about what do you do to feel safe. I'd like to actually hear your opinion on it because um, with the Rashomon for um, Ropecraft, the people that can send incident responders, basically, mm-hmm. um, what we were talking about, you know, what are our priorities in any given situation? And mm-hmm. the number one priority is make everybody involved feel safe. Make sure that they and I and by safe, I don't mean like, you know. We're going to make this person feel safe, and and I think that I I don't think necessarily that if I if, if I hear that somebody says that I violated their consent, I am not going to feel safe. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. That's okay that I don't feel safe because I may I may end up it, it may be a case where and I need to. That. So it's not that we're going to try and reassure the person that did the violation and say, oh hey, don't worry, it'll be okay. Yeah. But it's a look. Something happened. We are dealing with it. It is being addressed, and and that is, um, and we are we are taking it seriously. And the first step to that is making sure that the parties feel safe. Um,
0: Well, so, but here's the thing. And I think we need to be really clear the the difference between comfortable and -hmm. the difference between safe.
1: Yes. Right? Agreed. Let's, Let's clarify that.
0: Your feelings of guilt and shame, they don't necessarily make you unsafe. Now, they might trip. a shame spiral that spirals you into self-harm and then in that case you are not safe because Mm -hmm. you will not treat yourself safely and that's that's why this gets so complicated it's hard to Mm -hmm. predict this stuff in advance well (laughs) but when we can and and I think this is really important as event organizers and the role Mm -hmm. of event organizers in community to be really clear about what space we're asking people to step in Mm -hmm. step into and own when we talk about these really hard things like listen we need to talk about some Mm -hmm. A consent breach. Some feelings like listen. People are hurting, and we need to we need to help sort this out. Yeah, we need you to be brave. We need you to be breathing deeply. I need you to not get defensive right now. I need you to call a break.
1: Yep, when not, you not go need off. Time, and play, I also say that we also say we we ask them. You know, look until we come to a can we reach a point where we are going to make next decisions let's not start any new scenes yeah. let's not do you know because it, it you know, that that's part of the safe you know because mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. it's, it's possible that something that you think is okay is not okay so mm-hmm. we're going to make sure that you're safe from making any more mistakes like that
0: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. now
1: obviously we can't enforce it per se short of you know banning someone from other video, and that's you know you could always come up with the worst case scenario and say well what if such and so does this thing and you know they're going around with knives flying in the end of their single tails and you know you're going to you're not going to stop them? It's like, well, of course we would. You know, it, it, that, that's not that's not the difficult question. Mm-hmm. The difficult question is the person who says, oh, well, you know, I had this scene planned with my wife right after this. Can I just go do that with her? You know, where, where do you answer that situation? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, yeah, so the, the first thing is safety. Mm-hmm. Um, then if we get to a point where people are safe, then our priority is communication, listening to the people, what you know, what happened, finding out how they're feeling, finding out that kind of thing.
0: And so just you're listening. You're not making like one party listen to the other party. We aren't
1: making anybody do anything. We will suggest that the parties separate and that we hear what they have to say separately. Mm -hmm. We will suggest that. Mm -hmm. Um but that see the thing is if we like say, yo, you must be separated, that could be worse too. What if it's a consent violation between a master and a slave and the slave feels terrible And we're going to say, well, and and is turning to the master for support. And the master feels terrible, too. And we say, no, you cannot be together. You cannot, you know, that's going to cause more harm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get, we have, you know, we're going to suggest things. Frankly, we can't insist that anybody does anything. All Mm -hmm. we can do is we can offer the resources, make the suggestions. And if they choose to take part in that, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's great. Now, part of our enforcement can be that if they absolutely refuse to, we're going to keep an eye on those people you know, a little bit closer for the rest of the event mm-hmm. and we will make them aware of the fact that we will be watching, you know, their situation, the situation, stuff like that. But yeah, so it's, you know, safety first then communication in whatever form is most constructive for the people involved. That is the thing with the priority being the, the person who feels violated, mm-hmm. but without dismissing the other person too. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you
0: familiar with ring theory?
1: Uh, Maybe not under that phraseology please tell me so
0: uh, Susan silk I believe I've got the name right on that uh, it's a concept of supporting people so that you're you're properly supporting people and the the person who is going through the experience is the at the epicenter of the circle okay and then let's say let's say it's a it, and because it's Susan's example a wife who has cancer uh, the wife who has cancer is at the epicenter of the circle. Her husband is the first outer oh, layer. Oh, I have heard Her parents mess. are the third layer. And so the, the idea is you support in and you vent out.
1: Yes. Right? Yeah. So when
0: someone comes to you and says, like, I have a consent violation or I feel violated by you. Right. I feel violated. You support in. And then because this happened to me once. I, um, I met someone at a bar. We went home, we did the, like, it was early in the night, we did the, like, safer sex discussion, we're like, here's what I'm into, blah, 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 on the train at home, or subway over to their place, they were like, I had a lot to drink, I don't know if I'm going to be up for sex tonight, and I'm like, oh, cool, well, the night is still young, I can tuck you in and go back to the bar, and, like, the night is not a write-off. Um, took them to their place, they got a whole bunch of naked, and put their genitals in my face, and I was like, oh, this is really active consent, Right? The next morning we spoke and they're like, what happened last night? I don't remember anything. Oh,
1: no. I had so much to
0: drink. And I'm like, oh, I did not know that. whole And I didn't. I did not know that. I acted in good faith. And that person was way too drunk to consent. Yeah. Right? So I was like, listen, here's what we did last night. How do you feel about everything? Do you need support from me? Here's the STI testing you should undergo in, like, different ways if you don't already based on the risks we took last night. Do you need anything from me? I am here for whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And um, and because it was a pretty normative, like, space, they were like, well, was I any good? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what you care about in this moment? Oh, my God. Uh, oh. But. Yes. But, right, I'm like, you know, that's not even important. I just want to know about your feelings right now. <laughs> and, and so now I have adjusted my risk profile accordingly, mm-hmm. right? And I know that I thought that was a space where people kind of got things. It's right. not. It's a space where people drink a lot. And that's And identity. hook up. Yeah. <laughs> so now I know I'm not on the first date when I'm in that space. Right. But so But so this is it. And, and, you know, it's important to me to be accountable in that. Right. Especially as someone who talks on consent and things and to look at how I'm supporting it and then going to my friends and being like, I fucked up and I'm angry because they did not tell me these things. And I feel like I was led to believe these things. And I felt that I had done due diligence in this way. Mm -hmm. And I had not. Right. Like, because you can't. It's like risk aware consensual kink. You actually have such a hard time. Yeah. in the awareness factor.
1: What? Uh, the, yeah, though. What, that's why. What, yeah, the prick is another one. Uh, Person respons- responsible, informed, mm-hmm. consensual cake, which is basically a yes. I will try and be as informed as possible, but I realize I am responsible for the things that I failed to do the due diligence on, mm-hmm. um, and I and I will I will take responsibility for that, and um, and and also in the, the other the other tool that we're missing in the in the whole consent thing is. Uh, uh, compassion both yeah. for self and for the other oh, person
0: yes, absolutely. and
1: um and i it's uh, it's a big component that i think the self-compassion the beating yourself up about oh my god what did i do what did i do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the compassion for the other person of oh my god they must feel very violated or oh my god they feel like they violated me even though i know they logically they didn't but at the same time i feel violated
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: that's there's mm-hmm. these this whole com- com- complicated thing and um I actually do want to say about that. You know, we talked about, you're talking about meaning about complicated. This Mm -hmm. is a complicated thing. I always like to differentiate between the term complicated and complex. Okay, Complicated is a whole lot of moving parts that don't really work terribly well together. Complex is a whole lot of moving parts that actually work pretty well together. And I think the whole purpose of this, trying to have more conversations, is we're trying to change the consent situation from being complicated, not to simplify it. Because simplifying it causes a lot of damage. Okay. I think we're trying to change it from complicated to complex, mm-hmm. so that we have the knowledge. <clears throat> you know, I look at an engine that looks really fucking complicated. A mechanic looks at an engine; it looks complex.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, because you. they
1: understand how the parts work together and what to do to fix things. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, before Before we go too far, sure, off, yeah. I just want to on the idea of personal responsibility.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In our culture, the reason I, I struggle with using that language
1: you know part of us say you culture do you mean canadian or american
0: <laughs> i mean western right yeah, yeah, no, It's no. the 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 capitalistic society blah 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 um do you hear that i
1: do it's a noise that, uh, something is
0: hallway i think is
1: it hallway okay
0: okay sorry um <laughs> musical break (laughs) (laughs) so i struggle with i struggle with the concept of personal responsibility when people toss that around because i feel like it's overused a lot okay and so what i've started adding into my classes about um in my negotiations and my one-on-ones and all this stuff is like you're not doing anyone any favors to take on things that you're not responsible for oh yeah so if you negotiated in good faith and someone else doesn't you're not responsible for that if you did as much due diligence as you could and then someone left field you, like, you are not responsible. We can't be responsible for other people's actions and Mm -hmm. choices, Mm -hmm. right? We just have to, like, present as much information as possible um, and then have an element of trust. And so I think so often... We see people tossing this personal responsibility. Well, you should have known better. You should have murmur, mm-hmm. murmur, And you, you, you cannot spend your entire life trying to figure out all the angles from which something could go wrong and trying to protect yourself well, from that. Plus, it's, it's exhausting.
1: Studies have shown humans are really bad at predicting things. Mm. They really, really are. In in almost any situation, that we just really we're great at reacting to things and we're great at rewriting the history to pretend like we predicted it. Mm -hmm. but we are really bad when you actually do the test on actual prediction. Um, And uh, I had a a situation kind of like that, you know, uh, with a needle scene.
0: Mm.
1: I was doing a needle scene with a partner and we were not fluid bonded Mm -hmm. and I put it in and I got a finger stick. Mm -hmm. Um, And she got very, very upset because, you know, the finger stick happened after I put the needle in, which meant it had to come out, which meant that, some of my blood was going to or my tissue was going to be inside of her
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she was very irate you know i did not consent to fluid bonding you know, and yeah. anything like and i felt horrible i felt like i was a bad person and then finally at one point i'm like wait a minute let's actually do some research into how often this actually happens mm-hmm. and i did the research and i discovered two things one that Fingersticks happen to everybody who uses needles for any length of time. I mean, it's just, it is a part of using it. And second of all, when a fingerstick happens, even in bad places like hospitals where people are sick and have the rate of actual, like, um, transmission of of any kind of disease Mm -hmm. um, is a a tenth of a percentile. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very, very tiny chance of anything happening, um, much less between two people who are relatively healthy in that kind of situation. And I realized that I had been beating myself up about this whole thing because I, neither of us, were informed about, were, were actually informed. We thought we were informed about the risks, but we weren't. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, you're right. I, took my, so I, took, I held myself responsible for that kind of situation. Um, and uh, I think sometimes the Sturm und Drang conversations that we have about various things in kink... I can't remember who it was that said we spend a whole lot of time spending uh, worrying incessantly about things that have a very small percentage chance of happening and no time at all thinking about the things that actually have a high percentage chance of mm-hmm. happening. So
0: You know, I think I've started to shift my perspective from the idea, and, and it's been helpful for me to move away from, like, there are consent violators and then there's everybody else, to, <laughs> no, but, but, but seriously, to yeah, no, on a long enough timeline... Some like everybody will be someone's experience with consent violation. Every single person, <laughs> right? So, so you might not be aware of it, or it might not have happened yet, but like, you are probably at some point going to leave someone feeling violated in an yep. interaction that you yep. have with them, right?
1: In, in the Topping Book, Janet Hardy says, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, "Our new favorite game." Yes,
1: um, that uh, she has a phrase that, and this actually caused some. I quoted this once um she said that uh if um she's the example was if the bottom should have safe worded and didn't and the top keeps going um uh and should have known you know could have could have known to stop and didn't mm-hmm. um and then she has in, an, and this will happen if you play long enough and hard mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. there is no blame you know that the blame game is not useful the contributing factors game is very useful
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: then you can say, Oh, I can see how I contributed to this situation. Um, do you think it's useful also in, in terms of, um, taking ownership of, of what you did do? Do you think that helps take away, uh, or, or helps in, in some way makes you less of a victim and more of a, I, I have, you know, I understand where I'm at because a lot of people don't like the idea you know, just like somebody wouldn't like the idea of being labeled a violator, some people aren't comfortable with the idea of feeling like they were a viol they were violated. Um, right. and, and maybe by doing that, you can, I'm not saying they should, I'm not trying to do like a whole apologist yeah, 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 victim yeah, blaming yeah, yeah. thing, but as a tool, does that help to, um, you know, give you, give yourself a sense of feeling of having more control?
0: Um, I think it definitely can for some people. Mm -hmm. I think what the the question that's more interesting to me and that or that I'm more interested in is why is the person changing that narrative?
1: Right. Uh, And
0: because so often the idea of what we have around people who are like whose consent is violated is like they're not strong people. Or they couldn't take care of themselves. Right, which is
1: part of the fear of right? reporting things. Right, I don't want to be labeled that. And
0: then, you know, for some people, it's like, you know, I made the best I could out of a bad scenario, um, and I don't feel like a victim. I feel like a survivor. Some right. people want to use that language. Yep. Um, sometimes it's just really hard. So my experience with sexual assault is uh, outside of the kink world. And it was someone who was a long-standing friend of mine. They were my safe walk home. They were my euchre partner. And just one night, they were just like, no, no, you're giving me a blowjob. Um, and it took wow. me years to years to consider that sexual assault because I just mm. I just I didn't know what to call the thing and I didn't well, know what to think about the person who was my cougar <laughs> partner, well, right?
1: It, and the problem is, in so much of cultural uh, the cultural narrative, that's also romance is actually sexual
0: assault. Mm-hmm, absolutely, the bodice ripper
1: romances, the, you absolutely. know Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh my
0: god! So, we, so I think you know what is useful then is to know that at some point in your life you will probably have an experience with consent violation
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you will definitely have it like receiving On a consent violation yeah. and you will definitely have an experience with violating someone's consent in some way. Mm-hmm. So then the question becomes like when this moment happens, how am I going to live my values and be a person I can look at in the oh, mirror like at the term. end of the day? Yes. Right. So, and, and it's not easy being committed to your values, right? Like I don't, um, I don't always like it. There are yeah. times <laughs> where my friends will see me like pouting and stomping and not even around this kind of stuff, but I'll be like, I, I'm committed to stretching in the morning, right? So mm-hmm. I'm getting out and I'm like cranky and surly in the yep, morning. And yep. my roommate's like, why don't you just sleep? I'm like, because I'm living a committed lifestyle. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, right? God but but that is the thing. These are the values that I say uphold. Like, like ally is a verb, yeah. right? If these are the values mm-hmm. and I'm not living them, I am shit.
1: Gotcha.
0: As far as I'm concerned. Uh, Self-compassion question. and all that. Do you
1: have to be out of the room at 11? Is that... The situation,
0: we should be. We I'm can probably, yeah, okay.
1: So, uh, so we will wrap this up, um, <laughs> and have a, a further conversation another time, I think.
0: Yeah, because we didn't even get we... to sexual regret or any of that. Uh, yeah, stuff.
1: yeah, there's lots, lots of stuff to talk about here. Um, where can people find out more about your work?
0: Oh, um, okay, so I'm Heather on fetlife Life, nice. just Heather. It's really easy wow, to find. You
1: yeah, that one, huh?
0: Yeah, you can <laughs> also find out like the the wide range of what I do, which also includes coaching and relationships and speaking at schools.
1: Um, heatherelizabeth.ca heatherelizabeth.ca and there'll be a link in the show notes as well for this mm-hmm. um, I definitely want to have this have another conversation about this stuff because we, I feel like we just touched the surface <laughs> and we never even got to the part where I can say and what you said before well that was not right so uh, we'll get to that sometime <laughs> thank you so much you. for inviting me to your bed <laughs> yeah uh, this has been great and uh, I will talk to you later and in the meantime thank you um, I can't remember who the the sponsor the Mokajut,
0: no, 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 not Karma. Moco jute. Well, you know Moko Jute
1: is a is a sponsor, but um, we're also I'll just name all four of them: Moko Jute, MocoJute.com, handmade uh, jute rope and uh, great stuff. The uh, Karma Rope, pay what you can model of uh, untreated hemp and jute, and uh, Twisted View, uh, Twisted View Rope dot for especially good for reinforced jute and bastard ropes. Com. Bastard here. Did you talk about that? Yeah, to yeah, I did. He's a character. He's a great guy. <laughs> Beautiful rope. And uh, meanwhile, this is a great answer. Signing off. Mmm, that's some good rope.